0: Welcome to Tilth Talk Radio. This week we're gonna talk about weed control and how you might have to pony up this upcoming season. In our spotlight, we'll take a look at a merger between two biological companies. Egg history minute, we're gonna talk Christmas tree farming. Cool beans as corny, we'll have some current events and we'll wrap things up with our Field Good Friday. Joining me this week are Bill Schomberg. Hey guys. Max Garvey.
1: What's up,
2: everybody?
0: Todd Chomber. Hey to
3: all the Tilties out there.
0: And I'm Matt Bruger, all with Tilt Agronomy. I'm, I don't know, are we allowed to say bomb?
1: I don't know. Bomb, <laughs> <sighs> bomb Cyclone Soulstorm. Can't say it in the airport. Just don't say it
0: in the airport, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, I drove by the airport this morning, they were... They got, they got they got snow control. Like, oh yeah, down.
3: They do have that figured out
0: with to a the plows to a science. Yes. Yeah, so there were I, at least three or four plows that I could see from 172. Let alone,
1: and they
2: do like what else is out there. Like, right? Oh, they're, yeah, like, they're, it's, they're, right they're right all lined in, up, just yeah, yeah. pushing it all, right across. I think how sweet it is. Like if, driver, is that, like, if you're a plow driver, is that like the big leagues plowing at the <laughs> airport? <laughs> the airport, so everything's straight, which would be awesome.
0: Is it the big leagues of everything? Like the airport fire department and the airport, like. Yeah, that's true. Because they have their like their own fire engines yeah. and stuff. You, usually, he's
3: playing you know. Danger Zone all the time. Like just, well, that's what I was, just was playing just playing like with this. one, I was like Fast and the Furious. Like yeah. it's been a long.
0: T-. Like they're looking at each other, like family. <laughs> <Yeah. clears throat> Maybe they all shave their heads like you know, Diesel? I don't know.
2: Airport fire department has probably got to be like backup quarterback in the NFL. Like yeah. getting paid, but probably don't get used much right. once a year. You game know, like, game but, time's limited. You but hope when anyway. You do it's really right? Decided. It's yeah, that's true.
0: It's a 747 on fire, so it's not a good situation.
3: Are the airport guys are probably the guys that drive the snow plows, too. Or the, the firemen are probably yeah, that's the, true. It's probably the it, same it crew. It could be, yeah. I don't that know. just like you're you're in there doing it all. Renaissance men of the airport. Right now, though, it's really pretty snow. It's like snow globe out there. It could be like a Hallmark movie.
0: Yeah, the, they were a little bit bigger flakes before. Now it's kind of gone back to uh, the smaller flakes, but.
2: Just, I'm sh-
1: just wait a day.
0: Yeah, just yeah,
3: wait for the wind. When people listen to us, they're gonna be like, "Oh my god, that that wind was not cool."
2: Guys, remember yesterday when it was snowing it was- really nice? Yeah, that's gone.
3: No, looking at like people from the Dakota's, Minnesota that are getting the wind. Yeah, and, yeah, and it's already windy there. Like to them, like
2: no, I saw they, they know wind. They have the highway shut down in Montana, like yeah, or Wyoming. Sure. I was watching that this morning. They have, like every highway in Wyoming is closed right now. And there was a video from a trooper car, you could not see out his windshield like you couldn't see the front of his car. Like, it was wow. just, just I so. was like, Oh, that looks awesome.
0: Well, we all know why they call Chicago the windy city. It's because Minnesota blows and Chicago sucks. So <laughs> and they're- just always that kind of jet stream flowing from
3: west to east. The uh, think of when the snowstorm time out for us though is like almost perfect like right ahead of christmas kids get yeah, two I days mean, off it, school
0: it's on wood
3: gonna I mean, be done i mean it's still by christmas eve morning so i'm obviously gonna be great but like out east they're gonna get it like right, right in during. the like it's gonna be <laughs> uh like, just think what buffalo is gonna look like <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: your kids gotta be digging this right like an extra day to christmas well, day? they thought
3: like when they told me they have schools they thought i was joking they're like whatever dad and they had like pajama days, so they got up, changed out of their normal their pajamas, normal pajamas and put on like, school into pajamas. Their good, yeah, they're going out pajamas. Yeah, yeah. And they're, i like, you don't have, like, you don't have school. They're like, Whatever, you're, you're just messing with us. I don't like, yeah. Is that no, something you I do oftentimes? Actually, like, yeah. And the, at five a.m., run in no
0: school, but <laughs> leave their alarm clocks alone so that they still have to get up at the normal time.
2: That's weird because when I was a kid. I didn't wait for my dad to tell me. I played the snow, the snow day game the night before. Usually stay up late, not do homework. And then I had to get up at 5 o'clock to make sure we weren't going. Like, you just hurt yourself playing the game. But, you know, it's pretty cool when they're like, no school.
0: I, I was in the opposite camp last night. Like, you know, sometimes you, you figure, oh, there's they got to cancel school. Looking at the weather, and I'm like, yeah today wasn't supposed to be as bad. They'll probably still have school. And then, nope. Got the quarter to 6 a.m. phone call, school's canceled.
2: I was, I was using the law of averages yesterday, I guess that's what I'd call it, that day before Christmas break, or two days before Christmas break, no more basketball games are supposed to be played this week, no more wrestling meets supposed to be this week. Not a whole lot of reasons to go to school. Ah, probably just phone her in. Except for the Wrightstone School District's got the big Christmas concert today. Yep.
1: No, the elementary school's got the Christmas concert. So that's why they had to, to push
2: through. Yeah, that's that's why they're the only school in the area that's still going. <laughs> I was
0: talking to a guy from NRCS the other day, and his kid's concert was supposed to be last week, and it got canceled. And then it was supposed to be today, but then they moved it up back to Tuesday because of the the weather thing. So I'm surprised, yeah, Wrightstown didn't jump on that bandwagon and just move it up a little bit.
1: Well, we had a, they had a rehearsal yesterday, so if you have rehearsal yesterday... Oh, this then is like a professional could just did
2: like concert. just do like the prime time so right away. No, do you know what songs will be performed this year? Are no they, idea. Are they doing a Christmas concerto?
1: Yeah, something.
2: Concerto. Are this. they going to be banging on some drums? <sighs> I hope not. <laughs> yeah. As long as there's one kid who gets to do the smack the two-by-fours together. Yeah. They crack the whip. Yep. Is uh, Landon dressing up as Santa for the concert? Is that no, that...
1: no. He's just going his nice plaid shirt. Yeah, good man dress your best today that's the theme of today you
2: know he's got on that red and green Christmas plaid right no it's oh. it's white and black so. Re- reindeer um, antlers does he have a no that would be Charlotte
1: we, we wanted to get him to
2: wear his. is he's got a hat
1: a Christmas tree hat
2: but Nice. didn't dad that's so not cool come on <laughs> seriously was that the answer you were met with this morning when pretty you much. said hey put on the Christmas tree hat yeah pretty much yeah, yeah. I said that too when I Sierra told me I should have put on some extra winter clothes and I'm like Guys at work won't think I'm cool if I'm dressed warm.
0: <laughs> I don't even remember why, but I I just know I got to dress up as Santa, and I think it was One the fifth the grade concert. Concerts. Yeah. So then it was it was awesome because I didn't have to sing. Then I just got to walk around, walk around and like shake hands with all the littler kids, and
1: that's so you, Matt. That like fits your personality perfectly.
2: <laughs> Max, how was the game? Uh, game was, um, game was all right. Game was all right. It Monday was, night,
0: not as cold as they yeah, were initially predicting.
2: It, honestly, it was really nice. As one of the nicest games I've been to, like cold weather, I say with quotations, games I've been to, they were talking on the news like, oh my God, it's, it's the ice bowl part two. And I didn't have a jacket on or bibs. Like I thought it was actually pretty nice and it warmed up. Like yeah, that was weird. on the way right, there. Yeah, it was like yeah. twelve, thirteen, and by the time we were on the way home, it was sixteen, seventeen. So I mean, it was it was nice. Yeah, mean, the answers were funny
3: they're like, it might even hit twenty out there. Yeah,
2: Joe, Joe Buck, it might get crazy and hit twenty. Yeah,
1: but there was no wind.
2: No, and then you get inside the bowl, and there was really no wind in there. I mean, it was you. Rock, the steam you could see was going straight up. So it was it was nice. I I will say. It was one of the poorest crowds I've ever been around, especially for a Monday night.
0: Even on TV, it kind of looked like it was a little pa- thinner than...
2: And the Packers are still in it. Like, I know they're a long ways out, and I know they're probably not that good, and I know if they make it to the playoffs, they're just going to get their teeth kicked in, all that stuff. I, I get it. Like, the pe- it was thin, and then the people that were there sucked. Like, they, nobody stood up. Like, Packers, third down on defense, and the people behind me are complaining they can't see because they're sitting down. And I'm like... The dude tried to be like, "I have season tickets. I thought I paid for, and now I can't see the game." And I was like, "You should have your season tickets revoked for not standing up." So these so, were the
3: third down scenarios on defense. These yeah, were, this wasn't like you're not. This the, is you're not, not that that hard old guy that just stands the whole. This time. is not
2: standing while they're tending to an injured player, like on or, second or down. This was down like the, third down, third and four. You know, on the backside of the fifty, need a stop here. We can get yep. the ball back. Good position, like. The whole nine yards, and we even were, just for warmth, me I and feel Sierra like you were stand
3: the, up, like you, just, you know, like yeah, move around a little just bit. Move get some, out, like, My yeah.
2: wife, cold blooded, she gets cold super fast. She even said she's like, "It's really not bad." And we sat down once because I couldn't listen to the guy complain behind me anymore. We sat down, and within thirty seconds, she's like, "Okay, I'm. I gotta get up. We gotta go get hot chocolate. I'm cold now." Because I mean, the the metal bleachers are cold. Cruel. Yeah, I mean, just it's when it's fifteen, those bleachers are cold. Um. That was the only time we got cold, though. I mean, it was it was nice. I tickets were twenty bucks. I mean, can't go wrong, right? They were free for a lot of people, I think. Um, but yeah, it was a good time. So, just kind of wimpy crowd. Kind of disappointed about that. But she still hasn't seen a good crowd. That's the thing. The first game I took her to was the game McCarthy got fired. <laughs> so you can you can imagine that was just atrocious. <laughs> we trying yeah.
3: to get Joe Barry fired.
2: Is that the yeah? Man? I was like, hey, hon, we you should really go. Go to the last game. time you went. Somebody got fired. Yeah, so we went. So that and that day was that was horrible weather. That was like thirty two, but still rain. Ooh, are, it was, yeah. That those was that was miserable. And then um we took her Monday night, and it was colder, but not terrible. But Joe Barry didn't get fired. Do well, you yet. think
1: the crowd sucked because the Rams weren't like they? Everybody kind of knew it's like, Baker Mayfield, a, like a the Rams replacement the quarterback.
3: Their fans don't travel either. You know, they wouldn't yeah. want to be like. Uh, did you see many Ram fans there? Like, mm, no,
2: not I. No, yeah. but I'm also comparing it to when I went to watch the Packers play Dallas this year. Which oh Dallas, Dallas they, travels wonderful and
3: Dallas amazes me how many fans are local. Like yeah. I've been to Dallas games and sat by a Dallas game. I'm like oh hey, you know where you're from? Or, I'm from Fond du Lac. I'm like oh what? Why? Why aren't you a Packer? I don't know. I just there's,
2: there's he, just because he grew up. Dallas in the 80s. is America's team. Yeah, yeah. he grew up in the yeah. 80s or 90s, and America. Dallas was on TV every week, yeah, right? right? But, no, there wasn't a ton, and the fans that were there, the uh, Ram fans are pretty wimpy. Sorry, were
0: you just equating the soap opera Dallas to being a Dallas fan?
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, that was... They didn't help Where when we went to the Cowboy game this year. Those fans were nuts. Like, they were... They matched the energy of Packer fans. Like, you, they were...
0: Well, they just haven't really... Experienced McCarthy long enough to know that they're going to go into the playoffs <laughs> and get their teeth, I think, teeth kicked in.
2: I think some of them got the got the hint that when they played the Packers, like this guy is a moron. <laughs> like, there's ah, a reason he doesn't work here anymore. Oh, right. Because if you remember, he he made some absolute bonehead maneuvers when they played the Cowboys. Like, just the stuff we remember. You yeah, know, yeah. like yep. like just go,
0: going for it instead of taking the the three points. And, I yeah.
2: will say once again, I've said it before. It's recorded. Whoever decided that Amari Rodgers should be back there catching punts oh, oh and yeah. kicks should be fired.
0: Come on, he's got an NFL touchdown now. It's all the Packers' God. fault.
3: I look at how good Keisha Nixon was. was it would be one thing if we had picked him up, but he was on, on our team, team and, all year. Like how do they not look over at that guy and be like, "Hey, remember this guy? Like he had, like how, After how the game, LeFleur in
2: said in his press conference, well, we didn't know what we had in Keyshawn Nixon. Well, that's on you. That's yeah, just that's, that's bad coaching.
3: That, well, coaching in that Scoot and Coot your This special. morning on the
0: radio, they referred to him as the next Desmond Howard. Ooh, I,
3: that, that's a little, oh, That's okay. Which <laughs> seemed a little bit... yeah.
2: Like a, I get, I didn't hear that. A little too hard on the train. Because he's, he's asking to be a receiver he, he now. He wants to go on the offense. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. like... Or or like he he the wants to be also. a slot receiver, yeah. Which... That's great. I heard one one radio guy was like, "Why would you do that? We have a chance to still make it the playoffs, and now's not time to experiment."
3: That was <laughs> exactly the, it's, now it's the perfect exactly, time.
2: Like catch fire, catch lightning in a bottle. Like if he all he has to do is ma- have three catches the next three weeks, one a week of twenty yards. That's a chunk play, and that's all we need from him. Like we don't need him Especially to be. Especially
3: when Randall Cobb is probably not going to be on our team next year. Right. You know, we got. Some aging receiver. you Imagine there? he becomes
2: like Neon Dion for us. That would like, be... obviously, I'm not saying he's the <laughs> Hall of Fame, but like, Well, Max just—he's to... he's offense, defense, special teams, just like all over the field. Like, that'd be awesome. That would be but sweet. Like, if you have a guy like that, why don't you?
0: The summer I heard he's gonna play
2: baseball too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's going <laughs> to the Bojacks.
1: He's gonna coach college football later. I heard the Brewers just signed him.
2: Yeah. If <laughs> you ever watched the 30 for 30 on Dion, Dion's double play when he played. Two games of the World Series and a football game all in the same weekend. That's wild. Like, well, what went on? Like, I don't know how you.
3: It could. Can, t- can a athlete even really do that today? You know, no. in the
2: sport today? Like, Dion couldn't do it then. Like, they. I, he did it, but they, like, didn't play him. Like, they were mad at him for yeah. And it's like, well, whatever. I mean, he. He wasn't a fake baseball player. It's.
0: It's way. There's way too much of the mentality of, like, you you got to be a single sport athlete because if you get hurt it's playing al- the other sport, it's already in high school now. Well, right, yeah, and it has been, yeah and, which is a crock in,
3: in the pros.
0: Yeah, why why branch out and find out if you like something when you can just play one thing? All right, you guys ready to get into our topic for today? Absolutely, Let's whip out our wallet. So as we kind of alluded to last week, weed control for 2023 may be a little bit more pricey when it comes to. Uh, your chemical purchases and the, maybe even your application costs will be up a little bit this year as well so todd what do you got for us here
3: so like as bill to do you got to whip out the wall for weed control so the war on weeds this year is going to be is going to be expensive it's going to you know last year the price was already up and i think we kind of thought this year would be up maybe a little or up some and it's up enough. Like it's gone from being—I don't want to say like we—we control was always sort of reasonable, but we went off of what almost seemed to start this is we hit things going off patent like Callisto and some of those yep. five years ago. Where I mean, Callisto used to be say three hundred bucks a gallon, dropped to a hundred, and then also we saw that change the game in like twenty nineteen, twenty twenty, twenty eighteen. And then all since then, we've seen, you know, everything jump in 21, you know, at the end of 21 and then 22, we knew it would be higher, but to kind of bump up again, it was, it was almost like the, you know, that last straw, if we want to use an egg analogy that, that's breaking the candles back. It's just that last little bit where you go, oh, holy man, you know, we went from being say 30 bucks an acre for corn and bean spray and we've doubled that. Yep. in two years so just kind of that big switch and really this time of year is a good time to plan it out and really look at weed control and have a plan going in and this year you have to go to dollars with it i mean in the past bill we've done you know chem programs where you know you look at the dollars but they all come in close or you you know like you kind of pick between programs this year you have to price out each program and just sort of look at it and go okay Am I going to get enough weed control with this program? And, and this is also not the year to sort of skimp on, either to save 10 bucks an acre but then have a, a weed problem that you could have really solved, which is that one extra piece that you're trying to pull out, could really hurt you too.
1: And I think you even have to look within programs. Talking to a co-op guy yesterday, Acuron is priced higher than Acuron. Like, Acuron GT is in a better position than Acuron is. So if you're in that Acuron program, maybe you need to to go to an early post and save a few bucks and do the Acuron GT, and you're going to have a better – you're going to save money doing it that way. So even within programs taught of the same chemical family, you got to look at it. And I think with beans, there's so many different options now with so many different pre's. Do we do an early post? like a prefix, those kinds of things where you can actually let the beans come up and we're not uh, stuck with the Ziduas or the Sonics, you know. Just be flexible on, on your programs. And I think the other thing is we learned that Clethodim doesn't work well with Enlist, so we got to jack the rate, and that's a higher price this year. So not, not only do you have to jack the rate higher than you thought we did, but it costs more too. Yeah,
3: let's talk about that specifically on soybeans. So... In general, you gotta make sure you have the right ingredients in there and then the right rate and like label rate of clethodem is six to sixteen ounces I mean it's quite a range, yeah, it's pretty big. I was reading on egg talk last night, and there was like a lot of posts of like basically it was just like what cl- the the post was what clethodem rate do you use and it was all over the board coming back the The general consensus was ten ounces. On, on average and then go 12 ounces within list like that was the in general sure. sort of consensus among that sort of that chat and i thought it was wild because it it is it's a it's a range of rates and i mean we used to use the six ounce rate i was using four, right so
1: you get corn that's you know three but, four inches tall four ounces would take it out
2: and the other thing with clethodim that i noticed is when you change the rate on it some of those lower rates it'll get it it just takes it takes dies for two yeah, months. It takes forever. Yeah. yeah. So you got You got to decide how bad you want it dead and how quickly you want it dead. Well, Max too. is
3: right. It's a slow killer, and you got to go pull the whirl and look. Right. And usually, you look at the growing point. And you're like, okay, we killed it, and the bean. It's almost like the beans grow past it rather than you actually kill it. Yeah. It right. Just it doesn't stops. die
0: back necessarily. Not, and that's where I think the size thing matters. Bill that you mentioned was depending on what stage the corn's at when you hit it is really what's going to. Because it'll slow it down even though it's not going to kill it fast, so the beans will suppress it and you'll just forget about it if it's short uh, enough.
3: Another good point it was is, like, is there Roundup in the program or not? So say there is Roundup in, you know, then you're just trying to kill the volunteer corn, the Roundup Ready Volunteer corn with the clethodem. It's kind of the main goal. Right. We maybe need a little less clethodem, mm-hmm. but if you're counting on that to be your grass control, you know, for all grasses and corn, then you do got to be at that higher rate as well. Right. So kind of on a bean program, it seems like things are sorting out, um, on, so say your residual pros authorities, Sonics, all your sort of bean prees are somewhere in that 15 to up to 25 bucks an acre, kind of on that first pass, uh, pre seems to be where that sorting out. Um, and that's up from probably, you know, normally you you had like 10 to 15 in it. Now that's about five bucks more at least in just the cam on that first pass. And that one's been a tough one because I've had the debate of cutting that rate. So, say a Zidua Pro, for instance, do you go from five ounces to four because you kind of do want it to run out and then you overlap Right, your when you're in
0: that planned second pass.
3: Right, and I've really struggled with that because then also now you kind of already start out not at label rate. It maybe doesn't work as good. The amount of sharpen you're getting in that particular, you know, time isn't quite enough. You know, you're not at that really say to do a burnout so it's it's kind of a weird timing but a question there of can we cut that and and still have sort of a good a good enough program
2: i've been i've been in the same kind of thought process for the last year and then again going into this year todd the problem was i wasn't necessarily cutting rates back it was more don't we don't have to put on the those full program cam- like a, a sonic or a residual pro we could do like just dual Good point. The problem is <laughs> Duel. just dual went up so much this year right. and it's supposed to be in tight supply that now you're almost going, now, okay, instead of Zidua Pro, you can just go Zidua, right? You probably save a buck or two there yeah. and it's still run out a little earlier and all, and you don't have to cut the rate and you can save the money. But same th- thought process, just try and find cheaper chemical that maybe doesn't have quite the horsepower. Um, no, that's a good but point. But keep going the full with, rate.
3: Going with the Metribuzins and the Sofentra zones kind of, to keep that on a lower price and just get that foundation there, but don't necessarily have to have perfect weed control with that.
2: For our for our, you know, consulting area, like we don't need we don't need a ton of residual in May. We just don't we don't have no, it, we don't have the weather, but we have to spray it in May. Like Azidio Pro, you have to put that on for the beans are they the ground. Well, we're and, kind of wasting that. Yeah. So and
0: that's where a Dual would, opens you up to more to options. Yeah, not having to be. Yep.
2: A, yeah. right there but yeah and that's why that's why i like that but like we said that plan kind of gets kicked in the teeth yeah. this year because
3: and this year like i got a farmer doing a plan a is having that that pre-merge down but plan b that we've talked to co-op about is hey if you can't get there and the beans are coming up which the way this guy's plants they probably aren't going to be able to we are going to go like an early post a Zidua or a anthem Max or a perpetual kind of in that next sort of So in that case are spot? you going
1: to actually have them like okay, I'm going to come today. Oh, the beans are up. Go somewhere else for a week. Like even push it out further? I, what I
3: think I'm going to do is watch the GDU's on Emergence for water hemp. Yeah. And we're going to time it, you know, try to time it a week ahead of that so it's the foundations out there or a rainfall of that. Cuz we need to get it activated. Right. So that that's so I think we're just going to tell them to spray it. I really do. I think you know, if if the beans are up and they're little we're still going to have them go spray it.
2: I put a, put a lot more time in last year and and making plans for this year in putting on herbicides that are planning for that first pass of herbicide to be something that can go on emerge beans. That is nice. Just so flexible. Like when you're dealing with, when you're dealing with a co-op or a custom sprayer and you just don't know where you're going to fall on the list and there may be 40 guys on the list and then rain happens and you kind of, you can end up kind of in a bad place. So rather than having to scramble, it's like, well, we don't want to spend the money on that first pass anyway anymore. We're trying to cut it back. Well, all those kind of ones that are safe to put on eMERGE beans are all on that cheaper spectrum too. So it's kind of like a two-fold or two birds with one stone kind of deal there. Yeah. So
3: Yeah, thinking on that, just running like a round, you know, if there's weeds there, chucking in the roundup, and then a, a group 15, that's the cheapest one you can find that you know you can activate. So the, is it the KISS method?
2: Good plan. Keep it simple, stupid?
3: It, it is, and I think it... It's hard because I, you're going out with less chemical, but you're able to do it closer to when water hemp's going to emerge. Right. So Absolutely. you're kind of potentially gaining that way. So, so anyway, on that first pass of beans, we're seeing that sort of price. Second pass has also gone up. That's closer in that. I mean, if you're getting it in 30 to 40 bucks an acre for the chem, that's where it's coming in at. So that's kind of an enlist. Clethodem, um, Dual, Roundup. So you know your your dual you can switch out with like an outlook not labeled within list, but you can switch it out with some other things there, but that one seemed to go up because of that sort of all of those went up a little bit except for roundup has come down so that that's been one where kind of shooting they the, both sides went up, but that one seems to be where we used to get away with i mean think of the days' of just sort of. If you needed a burn down, you maybe had that, and then you just came back with a roundup versus how many chemistries we're putting out there today is a lot different.
1: You're almost at six or seven way mixes by the time you get right. into the fall or into the the post-emergence market.
2: Six or seven-way mixes, and you're not calling the eight things that the co-op or the sprayer is going to throw in just because that's what they always do right, for, right. for conditioners yeah, and adjuvants yeah. and all that you know, jazz. And then you throw some micros in there. Ah, Maybe you throw a fungicide on that second pass. Right. You know, It's pretty late.
3: I, that is one one caution I would have is the piggyback. Is We are already piggybacking many things that any more you throw in that tank is probably... Potentially a mistake, and it's going to hinder your weed control when you come to and and the micro packs, the fungicides, all that stuff. And we've already talked, you know, that in general we want to stage the micro packs away from the herbicide anyway. But just remember what your goal is of that application. Is it for weed control? Do you have a problem water hemp field that you got to control? Then just remember the right adjuvants that'll help with weed control and spray for weeds. Worry about the rest later. I know you know it 's nice to to throw some piggyback things, and there's some things that really are quite benign in the tank that aren't going to hurt you real bad, but it's one of those things just to watch that any more you throw in does weird things, heats it up different does which could be a good thing, I guess, but you know it starts to make that tank act differently, and anything we do to hinder the clethodemer and list that are already kind of antagonistic the the it 's
2: going to be right. I think we forgot about that a little bit for a couple of years there. It was kind of like just chuck stuff in. And last year, the clethodim being kind of a pain in the butt probably brought that back to the forefront. Like, yeah, you can't just chuck stuff in whenever you want. Like, well, it's labeled for beans. I mean, forget it. Just throw it in. Well, you can't. It's not. It doesn't work like that. Right.
3: The other part is, is like as these drift studies comes out, the more you throw in the taint, it may not be labeled within list to be doing that either. Right. So there's a reason for that and just keep it out and you have to run another pass over it to, to achieve your, you know, throw your fungicide and your micros on. The other part is with, so with corn control, um, just in general, herbicides are up 15%. Seems across the board, that's the number I get. And that's a little bit, you know, it's not exact math, but just the, but there is some that are down and one of them's Roundup and one that seems to be kind of like down this year is Callisto, which is interesting.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, we saw it drop off patent a few years ago, and wouldn't have thought that would be one to keep
3: right going kinda, down. Kind of like came the, down last year, was up again, and then now it's kind of back down. So that's one that it's
2: down pretty drastically, actually. Uh, yeah, the yeah. one
3: one that sort of sh- you know shocked me in the fact that in pre-mixes, some of those are higher, but your mix your own Lumax, it isn't. The, the Callisto is very reasonable. It's your warrants, your duels. That are way up in price, so that's been odd. Is certain certain chemistries have really sort of actually come down, but there's some that are just so much higher price that make it tricky. So just on the corn side, just in general, seeing a lot of corn programs between you know for the chemistry in that forty five bucks an acre at least. So you're talking um, for a, for a good amount of, of chem out there, you're going to have to be in that. You know, with with application, say, add on another 10 bucks. I mean, you're talking in the 60 bucks an acre range for, for corn spraying this year. So it's one thing to, to mark down and just kind of plan out that, see what your programs are. To me, the, the corn this year is Beans have been harder to spray. Corn's a little bit easier. Um, you got your Acurons, your Resicores, kind of some of those new premixes. There's going to be a new Maverick out this year that some guys are able to get a little bit of product of that. Um, so they're, you know even like TriVolt, it's not registered in our area, but that's a newer one. Um, but there is some new ones coming to the game that are kind of interesting and kind of have changed that sort of corn premix market that in general, you know, if you, you pick one of those or you want to mix your own, it, it's not gone up enough in price that it's worth sort of, Diving into, but Bill, do you got anything to add on what you've seen with corn? No,
1: and I think the good news with pretty much any corn program, whether it's an Acuron or a Mix Your Own Lumax or a Resicore, whatever you want, the water hemp control is really good. Yeah, we don't worry about it, right? Right. I mean, it's good, good chemistry up front, but and we always have our statuses and some of that stuff to come back later. Again, we don't want to be spraying four inch weeds that are really a foot tall weeds, you know, we want to make sure they're legitimately four inches or two, you know, like do it smart. Well, and we know water hemp, especially
0: that's spraying within a day or two. Otherwise, if, if they're at four inches and you wait a week, it's not, right. It, right. then it is a foot. So you got to hope you can be timely and, and that's communicating with your, your spray operator or your co-op of getting them there. Cause timeliness is, is what really is going to hit that
1: still have to use common sense when you're right. when you're spraying we have a lot more bullets i always tell farmers we have a lot more bullets in corn to kill water hemp than we do in beans and they're more reliable but you still have to be a smart hunter when you go out there and try to get them
3: there too i think the bigger part is just to price out have a good plan going in and i don't think corn you'll have to change as much as what beans you potentially will as far as scouting goes so corn's a good one we're have that plan going in know what you want to do and and be able to execute it once spray timing comes next next spring so i yeah in general um corn like i said is up to in that 15 percent range but certain components have come down but your duels are more expensive your warrants are a little bit pricier too so and then the other part is just supply is you know be talking just you know if you can get your chemical get it now so you have it in in stock um but in general, it seems like supplies are okay. It seems like guys are going to get what they need. It's just something to, if you want to, the, more, the longer you wait, the harder it's going to be to get the exact program that you want that certain things might run out. So it's always good to, to plan early.
0: Plan early, plan often. Work your plan, plan your work. If it's to be, it's up to me. Thanks, Coach. <laughs> 110%. Always give it 110%, and remember to watch your plant-back restrictions, too, for rotations. It's always a good thing to remember when you're working on chemical. All right. Now we'll move into our spotlight for today. So today we have 2 netherlands Netherland-based companies merging. Novozyme and Chris Hansen are planning on coming together. Their alignment plan comes together. The companies make enzymes and microbials, and they're both based in the Netherlands, like I mentioned. In the announcement, the companies said the new joint entity will create biosolutions group with a broad biological profile spanning diversified markets. Uh, Novozyme has built its business in agriculture, biofuels, and household products, while Chris Hansen has been in the food sector as well as uh, agriculture, so... <clears throat> the combination of these two strategically complementary companies, will, with a shared purpose and advanced capabilities, will show the world the true power of biosolutions, according to Esther Bayget, president and CEO of Novozymes, said in the company's announcement. So, being that they're they're speaking first, that means they're in charge, right?
3: <laughs> I So, like, what name do they? Do they get here? Is it just like...
2: Novel Hansen. Novo Hansen. Yeah. Christian
3: Novozyme
2: Hansen, Christians.
3: in
0: quotation marks, like Christian
2: Novozyme.
0: Yeah, we have Chris Hansen's Improving Food he- and Health. Novozyme's is Rethink Tomorrow, so Rethink Food and Health. Uh, improving Food Tomorrow. I don't know I don't know, if you know what part, parts they're going to yeah take from each company. Novozymes has kind of like a four leaf clover looking uh, logo, whereas Chris Hansen's got the like two triangles on.
3: So, yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting, like, hey, we're both in the Netherlands. It's just,
1: Let's just it's partner. Partner now.
3: We do like the same ish stuff. Novo. So.
1: Hansen.
2: Novo
0: mean? Hansen. Well, because Christian Hansen was a person. Novozyme, I don't think, was. I'm I don't think there is Dr. Uh, Novozyme. Doctor.
2: <laughs> That's also like a kid's like in school like movie that you Doctor would watch me. in class in like science class.
3: Sure, in the Netherlands. Doctor yeah. Novo. Doctor uh, Novo.
0: Maybe they'll just punt and come up with an entirely different name.
3: Probably most of these they they do. It'll be
0: yeah, be mm-hmm. Dutch oven biological solutions. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. You know we've. I guess I'm not really all that up on the biological market to know why that merger would happen, other than they're both based in the Netherlands and maybe we're competing with each other and it was hurting their businesses, but it'll be interesting to see what comes of it. It's expected end of next year, so fourth quarter, 2023. Um, oh, here, it's right in the article. We we should have read ahead. Novozyme's company name will be carried forward. Chris Hansen will be dissolved.
3: I was trying to find that, and I didn't. So, so yeah.
0: New company will have 10,000 employees worldwide, with, along with 38 R&D sites and 23 manufacturing oh. sites.
3: So, That guy from Chris Hansen, that guy from, uh, you always say that, Matt, the show that I... Forget, oh, um, yeah. The Catch a Predator Catch guy. Catch a Predator guy, yeah. Yeah. So, they
0: just
1: so he's
3: retiring, apparently, now.
0: Yeah. So we won't be able to make that joke anymore when we talk to Bill Eberle. Yeah. So.
1: You'll find a way.
0: I'm sure I will. Yeah, interesting to see where that'll go moving forward. Now we'll move into our egg history minute. Today we're talking Christmas tree farming, as we're just a a short hop away from Christmas here. The practice of growing evergreens, specifically to sell as Christmas treats, uh, trays, not treats, dates back to 1901, when a 25,000 tree Norway spruce farm was planted in New Jersey. The commercial market for Christmas trees started 50 years earlier when a farmer from the Catskill Mountains brought trees to New York City to sell. Most people still chop down wild-grown Christmas trees from forests in the 30s and 40s. More trees were grown in plantations after World War II, and by the 1950s, farmers were shearing and pruning trees to meet customer demands. Christmas tree market burgeoned through the 1960s and 70s, but from the late 1980s onward, prices in the market for natural Christmas trees has declined. In the early 21st century, nearly 98% of all natural not artificial Christmas trees sold worldwide were grown on tree farms. In the U.S., the Fraser fir, grown in the Appalachian Mountains of North Carolina, has been called the Cadillac of Christmas trees, as well as the most popular and most valuable of Christmas tree species. The most productive Christmas tree-producing areas in the U.S. are Wisconsin, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, and the Pacific Northwest. I don't think you'll be able to take a redwood into your... House though, if you live out in the Pacific Northwest,
1: <laughs> you got a really big cathedral ce- ceiling.
0: <laughs> That's more of an outdoor Christmas tree. Can you imagine trying to climb that to put lights on? I mean, you can drive through some of those. Uh, Wisconsin, we've we've got a number of places around that you can get trees. Uh, and there's a place up in Oconto that actually had a White House Christmas tree a few years back. Nice.
2: Was that what, the Whispering Pines? I believe it was Whispering Pines. Yeah, and I sent one out to. Is that you go to I worked there one Christmas season. <laughs> nice. were you now? No. Okay. Rude? <laughs> Is it, when yeah. Uncle Mike's bakery had a setup up there. I sold I sold Christmas Ooh, candy sold and kringles. cookies. Nice. Yeah, and kringles. Like yeah. had kringles there.
3: I was surprised Wisconsin was on the list for one of the most you know, like for just just producing true Christmas Yeah, I, mean, trees I know where it goes, but I went I just they we're pretty awesome. But thought in North Carolina, like up in the mountains, there's a whole bunch of Christmas yep.
0: tree Cranberries, trees. Cranberries, milk, cheese, Christmas trees, ginseng. We got it all. Yeah.
1: You the, guys, you guys, all real trees. Am I the only fake one here? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Got go to go. The
3: Fraser fir too.
1: Those are those yeah.
0: are sweet. I, I don't think I've ever had a Fraser fir. I'm too oh, wow. cheap for that.
3: They're they're like
0: oh. money bags over here <laughs> buying
2: Fraser well, firs. Where
3: I buy them from, they're like. From the gas station in center valley they're only 10 bucks more a tree and Ooh. they're pretty sweet
2: i uh we we cut ours at uh sears grandparents so we go on an adventure at thanksgiving usually it's an adventure all I, right i
1: noticed the discounting has already happened though oh, are they in marketing oh yeah yeah yesterday i went through freedom freedom foods had them for 40 bucks they've been 60 all along
3: think think of how like back the tradition was on Christmas you'd get the tree, and yeah. it now now it's basically like Black Friday or right after Thanksgiving you get your tree put it up. And no, I we're, I put mine up about a week to
0: two weeks before Christmas. I don't jump I, on that bandwagon I, of saying, I don't feel the of, need to it's, jump out there.
2: It's after still Thanksgiving. ahead of
3: Christmas, like yes. by yeah, Scrooge, yeah. Just
2: ours, ours probably goes up so early because we go up for Christ, or for Thanksgiving. So we're like, well, we're up here, we're, we're, we're just gonna get our there. tree. Right. Like makes sense. I'm not really a
3: no, ours are pre-cut, so rather than you know, you might as well get it what before they're sitting there for a while. So if you're getting
2: fresh, so anytime. Yeah, um, yeah. Hey, I, I lost the argument. We got a we have a white pine right now, and I'm. Those are hard Christmas trees. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> the thing is so ugly. Oh, my God. I hate it. <laughs> like Charlie it. Brown's style? Or? Uh, it's, but the, and usually w- they're
0: so limp that yeah. you, it's hard to put ornaments and stuff on. Yeah, we don't have yeah. any.
2: We have, like, no ornaments on. We also went easy on the ornaments this year because we got a puppy in the house. So we're like, oh, let's just maybe keep some of the ones we want to keep. Yeah, we put the, with the cat. She hasn't tried to climb
0: Christmas trees in a couple of years, but... She likes to bat at them if she can get it ornaments, so we keep the breakable ones a little higher. Do you ever have yours fall over? Oh,
2: yeah. All yeah, the time. That's the worst. I was at my parents' last week, and nobody was home. I stopped to drop something off, and oh, I heard a true. loud bang, and the tree was laying <laughs> on the ground. I was like, how is this my problem somehow? <laughs> yeah. but I stood it back up. So My fa- yeah.
0: my father-in-law, like you know how you bolt and wire yeah, furniture? He yeah, he does that, too. Yeah. His, his Christmas tree. I usually just put a patio brick on the base to kind of keep it. Weighted so that it yeah. won't tip.
3: Last year I had to get a new stand. The newer stand some of them are pretty sweet. Yeah, it's a lot of water and it's pretty, she's a lot steadier. Than stands old one. make a big difference. You know one of those
2: ones with the screw ins on the side? yeah My mom and dad got one that's got this like lever that you can step on on the side of yeah, it and oh, it just like sweet. cinches tight. I'm like, dang. Those are that's hard to find. Nice. Like
3: last year's when ours kept falling over, I was looking for
1: one of those and yeah, they're pretty slick. They're nice. yeah. Pretty
2: slick. So what? What do you
1: get, Matt? Then if you don't get the Fraser and Max? Uh, Matt's white, or, uh, Max's white
2: pine is too. Floppy. Mine's a balsam this year. Your balsam, balsam. See so your. That's
0: that's not what I get every year. It depends on what. Are, you, are you a short needle hose or a long needle host? Uh, my wife just prefers non-stabby needles, so she doesn't non-stabby. like to get poked by the. Okay. So we had a, like a spruce one year, and that was too pokey. Whereas this is a little softer needle. Yeah. Yeah. But not it still stands up pretty decent as far as gotta go
3: with that soft needle. I like that.
2: A blue a blue spruce. Yeah, I had a blue spruce Christmas Ooh. tree. I mean, that's a that's a beautiful tree. They're pretty, but the, those are the, yeah, po- the stabby. Ones. Yeah, yeah, oh
0: yeah. we a, had one one year. And that's why we. we do, my <laughs> wife prefers not having that
2: anymore. Yep. I think a Douglas Air Frazier. That's like your. Yeah, like your standard. Like, yeah, pretty soft, pretty nice good strong branches i'll tell you what like at the end of this conversation all i want everybody to know is don't get a white pine for a christmas tree it's the <laughs> worst tree ever like it's the, i hate it i hate everything about it although i kind of like that it's ugly i do kind of enjoy that <laughs> that's funny
0: the charlie brown style christmas it,
2: tree. it's like doesn't even have a real trunk it's, it looks like a bush like it's just the <laughs> ugliest thing that's great but yeah
3: All right. Thanks, Max. Thanks to all our listeners out there. Please subscribe to the podcast and tell a farmer friend. You can search Tilt Talk Radio on your iPhone in Apple Podcasts or on Android. You're going to need to download another app. Podcast Addict, or Player FM are all ones that we really like. You can listen on your smartphone browser or computer browser. You just got to open up Whatever you got in there, is it Chrome or Firefox or any of those and go to Tilthagg slash podcast? We're also available on Amazon Music, and you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Tilth Talk Radio. Next week's gonna be a big week. We got our top ten egg stories of twenty twenty two. So we'll probably try to post that on Facebook. You can see it there, but you know, the big the big time release of you know what what was big news for the year will be out soon.
0: All right, thanks, Tad. Now we'll hit our cool beans. That's corny. Some current events. So cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. Our cool beans this week.
3: Uh, research is. Right, yeah, hold up with my smack because like the, hold up the the headline of it makes seem like it was like wait what right yeah and no, I was reading like what but you like, you put this in the right spot yeah you read the article and basically. It's a so so. What it says? Research demonstrates cover crops is carbon negative. So you're like, wait, what? Isn't that the whole carbon market based on planting right. cover crops? So kind of what the research showed was it was basically carbon neutral ish, but it didn't really tell much of the research. So it's hard to tell, you know, what what it did. But it did say that they're encouraged by the preliminary results that indicate cover crops provide environmental and economic benefits to farmer operations. So the carbon thing was unsure, but definitely there is some environmental benefits and some profitability benefits because you're gaining organic matter. So as one thing I want to highlight is as the research comes out on this stuff, man, is it just the most confusing research ever. (laughs) Because you read the headline, you go... what? And then you read into the article, you're like, okay, I get it. It wasn't maybe discerned. You know, it didn't for sure prove either way like the carbon part.
0: Well, and I I think in general, we've got a number of different viewpoints on benefits of cover crops. You know, there's been arguments over diversity and whether diversity is better than monocultures. We've had, you know, the carbon side of things, even just the idea of cover crops. Some people don't see the the positives i know max i think you mentioned at the cover crop conference there was a speaker that was talking about um was it increase in runoff or at least not a a, not a loss of yeah or loss of phosphorus or something it was a
2: really deep dive into like phosphorus movement and stuff it was yes in the short answer was cover crops don't help but it was a little bit deeper than that but yes yeah
3: that's the the one thing i would say is when we t- read studies or go to these conferences or listen to a speaker, you try to get the gist of it, you know, and sum it up in one line. And I almost feel like with all this research, you can't sum it up you, in one you line. You cannot. Because it's not like that. Because later in this article, too, it says, cover crops sequestered nearly three times as much greenhouse gas as the check fields, and acres with cover crops were carbon negative. Like, what? What, what is? Like, right, how, what does, it, that, well, how yeah. does that, what, that work? Like, so three did times you,
1: more, but it was negative. Yeah, so, so it's
3: like... You just go what, and then like I said,
2: it but just so what. It's negative. It's still three times better than the <laughs> alternative, right? Like I, e-
1: that's
3: the other part. Like our <laughs> is the other ones <laughs> carbon negative just more negative. When we right, it, it, right, do you find right. are we
0: reducing the amount of negativity? The, yes.
2: The <laughs> guy that the guy that Matt just asked me about about last week at a conference, like me and the coworker that was sitting next to me, looked at each other when he started talking. We're like, just. Did they invite this guy to talk at a cover crop conference and say that cover crops don't work? Like, what is going on? By the end, you kind of understood, like, the research got a lot deeper, but it was not, like, the op- the opening five minutes was, was rough, to say the least.
0: Yeah, I can imagine going to a, a cover crop conference and, and coming out with that would be... Yeah. Yeah.
2: He was he was pretty hot out of the gate, so...
0: But no, I think the benefits have at least anecdotally outweighed the negatives um when you know what what you're doing and you can once you get used to a system i mean obviously there are, there's a wrong way to do certain things and um that can can provide negativity but yeah it's interesting to see all these research projects and and where they'll go and like like we said the the carbon markets are kind of really banking on this so right research I, like this isn't going to help no, them and, and, at all and
3: i'd rather have the research in place to know what it does right. and that's the thing with farmers. You still got to know what your goals are of it and, and know what you're trying to do and accomplish. And look at that research because it's very confusing and there's a lot of different you know, headlines out there you're going to read and different things that aren't always going to be what you think. Yeah. So that's interesting, yeah.
0: All right. Are That's Corny this week is earlier... About four days ago, a blaze destroyed three million bushels of grain in a storage dome in Saginaw County, Michigan. So on December 19th, more than 150 firefighters from 29 departments spent the night battling flames that claimed a massive grain storage dome owned by the Andersons, Incorporated, in Hemlock. It's about 15 miles west of Saginaw. Fire broke out just after 10 p.m. on Sunday in the storage area contain, uh, containing an estimated 3 million bushels of corn. Now, Todd, you figured that back to, and Max, you guys were talking, 15,000 <laughs> acres worth of At 200, 200 bushel corn. Okay, yeah. Yep. So a pretty significant amount of corn. That
3: uh, is Michigan. We should have used 150.
2: <laughs> Good thing it's not Minnesota. We'd have to use 100. Yeah. You're right. A bunch of jokers Ouch. out there.
3: Shots. <laughs> no, the... This is wild. Like so the, Think,
2: think the, about like a regular barn fire, like how the straw, like in Haymow, how much that straw just kind of sits and smolders and burns. Now, take something that's twice as dense, but just as flammable, and think how long that had to just kind of fester and just be a mess. Well, as
0: we know, locally, there is a place that sells corn for heating in like a modified <laughs> <Right>? pellet <laughs> stove. Yes. So, it can be used as a heat it's source. Clear. I wonder what the moisture... Like, are we talking... 15% or? It, know, had, it, it
3: added, I mean, this was a storage facility. Right. So this wasn't like one of those big corn piles where they got to. Was
0: it right it, out of the dryer? You know, it, what, you, know true. you wonder what what caused the, the fire. And
2: yeah. You know, here's another thing that I didn't think about till like just now. If any corn didn't get burned, it's what, now gotten well, so much water thrown on it that it's well, junk anyway. It, right. Like, like, mush. Yeah, that's
3: why say like, could you feed it? Could you? And it's like, no like it's cor- you, you can't it, feed it if it it's got it's burned. carcinogenic like, it, corn it, mush no, at this you point you could just be like oh it's been it's been uh it's cooked like we do with soybeans it's, it's, it's the been, best uh, they can do is dry kind of, roasted it's fertilizer yeah dry roasted yeah, dry run, roaster, corn, run, it, corn. So.
2: run it through the dryer again and try and sell it as pellet still fuel and even yeah. that i don't think you can't like that's got to be just a big frozen block of junk yeah, yeah. like yeah oh that the, would be such a mess
3: the photos are wild because it's because it's like a corn dome, so you see the flames, like the video. Yep. The flames, like, shooting out, like, the top, like a volcano looking. And then later on, it's just all around fire. Shooting
0: out's, I think, a little bit of a exaggeration there, Todd. It's it's a big fire, the, but it's not a... The video,
3: I know, at the beginning of the fire, you just see... Yeah. yeah you just see, like, see the, a... You're right. It's not a... It's not...
0: It like, doesn't burn. It's not like a house no, or... No, yeah. but
3: it's, like... Feet of flames, feet up of flames at <laughs> the top, and yeah, the pictures of it is wild of the fire crews battling it, and just that would have been quite the. Thank
2: God it was Monday and they don't have to fight it like tomorrow or Saturday. Oh, or right? It's supposed yeah, to be that would have been fucking ne- negative hundred.
3: But it looks like the fire was fairly on just the top of the corn too. So you wonder, like you just wonder, like you say, obviously it's all water filled underneath. It just that is just
2: wild. Like I said, I, it's just ruined. Like anything that didn't burn is still junk.
0: Well, that's almost the problem with the structure it was in. Is it's not like you could start pushing. like if, oh, you, right. if the fire fire no, was true. contained to a
3: certain part, you can start pushing
2: Think out of a the corn barn or whatever. Fire, a lot of times, you get
3: a backhoe in there, and you could kind of move stuff around. This yeah, side. Well, this, 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 had, this, this
2: had what a twenty foot ring of concrete around it, like an old right. uh, slurry store, basically. Man, what a mess! What a mess! It's it
0: very corny. It said it's the only facility within like quite a ways there, so I'm sure that's every farm in that area has just lost it's all their storage. The, right. uh,
3: like, like the, it's like a the
0: Ring of Fire. Ring of Fire.
3: Yeah, that thing is wild.
0: <laughs> Might be too soon to play that song. Bad yeah.
3: day. Does does corn ever pop like popcorn would? You know, like do you think you could get like I yeah, I don't know like I, if any of that would sort the, of flake in the on cartoons do it does. Yeah,
2: I think it pops, but I don't think it. It's not the same. Like it explodes. Like it doesn't stay right. intact it just right. but you it know, will pop cr- like yeah if you throw like next time you have a bonfire in the backyard I throw a handful of corn in there like you can hear it like crackling Crackle and stuff art. but i it when i i don't think it like stays together i think it just
3: pfft. sure
0: all right and our feel good friday this week just merry you know have a merry christmas happy hanukkah christmas hanukkah whatever you celebrate uh happy holidays to Festivus. you and yours yeah, Festivus for the holiday for the rest. Of I us. could see
3: Max's family celebrating Festivus. Yeah, yeah. the airing of uh, grievances. Definitely. We have yeah. that anyway. No, the wrestling Max part put up
1: the
2: pole. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like that
1: would be. Hey, did, did he put gr- up the pole <laughs> in the living room? Did yeah. the Grinch beat Santa this year?
2: The Grinch. The Grinch did not beat Santa this year. Oh yeah. 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 Yep. The wrestle off
1: between the Grinch yep. and Santa.
2: Santa versus the Grinch. Freedom High School wrestling every year in <laughs> December. Santa always wins. It's like the Globetrotters, man. Santa always wins.
1: Does Santa get to the point of getting pinned and then he just
2: no? Nah, just kind of comes
1: out of nowhere and just takes. The yeah, way. is it like it's w- the w- the w- Christmas w- magic? Yeah. Yeah. He Gr- just wiggles his nose and.
2: Grinch usually scores a point or two, but Santa always puts the hammer down.
3: Is it a singlet Santa or like no? Full no. Co- okay. Full Does costume. That look weird. Yeah.
2: Full costume. I nice. what we want to do, but no. Like every time we do it, we want to get the the team that we're dueling that night. We want to get them to give us a singlet for the Grinch to Ooh, wear. That's like, good call. but like last year we did it against Wrightstown, and we just kind of left left it alone. We're like, you know what? It's probably there's enough <laughs> there's enough bad blood. Let's just <laughs> leave that <them> one alone. <laughs> right. So, yeah. All right, all right. That'll do it for this week. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks for having us, Matt. So this
0: week we talked about uh, potential price increases for your weed control this year our spotlight, we looked at Novozyme and Christian Hansen merging. So two Dutch companies becoming one and carrying on the Novozyme name. Egg History Minute, we talked Christmas tree farming. Cool Beans was cover crops different than what we may have expected, but still doing something, which is a good thing. And our That's Corny is the 3 million bushel grain storage dome burning in Saginaw, Michigan. Happy holidays and thanks for listening. As always, happy farming.